Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's Mayfield on the roll. Sets his feet. Comes back against the grain. Look who's waiting for him. Bosa tried to get loose. It's still loose. Who's got it? San Francisco says they do. Crowd starting to think they're right, and they are. 49er football. Bosa knocks it away from Mayfield. Now back to overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Hour two of overtime begins now here on 95.7 of the game. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. That there, the strip sack by the 49ers. It was Nick Bosa who got in on the sack. Fred Warner came in late and punched the ball away from quarterback Baker Mayfield. And then Cleveland Farrell was at the bottom of the scrum in the fight for the ball. He recovered it, and the 49ers forced a turnover there. One of two turnovers forced by the 49ers in this game, and it's a big reason why they come out with a win, 27-14. to That was a great play by the 49ers in the first half, and we're kind of seeing the, the chaos come back for the 49ers defense where you have quarterbacks running around and sprinting for their life and trying to extend the play. You have Bosa running after them. You can add in Chase Young. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are as quick as they come at the linebacker position. Uh, and you're kind of seeing that swarm mentality back for the 49ers defense after it was really gone entirely for three weeks, almost an entire month for the 49ers. It was on display against Jacksonville last week and certainly was again today where you just feel like the quarterback is running for their life. And that was the case on that highlight. You heard Joe Davis on Fox. Uh, Baker Mayfield had nowhere to go and Nick Bosa – and Fred Warner eventually got to him. Baker. <laughs> Baker. The Niners' defense the past two weeks. Give, give me the stats. 17 points given up, nine sacks, and six takeaways. That's pretty good. Pretty good. So, wait, nine sacks. So, you have 15 combined sacks and takeaways, and you only allowed 17 points. Yep. You almost have as many sacks and takeaways as you have points allowed. Yes. It's pretty good. And it's not like you're playing two terrible offenses. Jacksonville's a good offense. Yeah. Tampa's probably uh, mediocre, average, league average. Well, Baker Mayfield came into today, I believe, with the second best TD to INT ratio in the entire league. And has been pretty good. Surprisingly, killing it in road games. Yeah. His previous four road games entering today, nine nine touchdowns, one interception. Been really good. Kind of surprisingly good, Baker Mayfield, this year. I know the name. Baker Mayfield doesn't carry much weight amongst it's, the NFL. It's easy to laugh at. <laughs> Which, I mean... It's fun to laugh they at. They won 27-14. We're kind of laughing at him right now. But he played fairly well in this game. I, I would not put this loss on, really, the Buccaneers' offense at all. 
Rashard no. White had a good game. Mike Evans was okay. They couldn't find Chris Godwin until 13 minutes left in the third quarter, but Mayfield played fine. What, 246 yards, one touchdown, one pick? 45 pass attempts, but... <sighs> Semantics. But, yes, you're right. He had to pass the ball a ton, but that's what they do. They say defense, win us the game, offense, keep us in the game. The offense kept them in the game. The Niners' defense just came up big when it mattered most. Again... The last two weeks, 17 points given up, nine sacks, and six takeaways. This defense went from the 24th-ranked run defense to only 66 yards given up today. Was great against Jacksonville two weeks ago. They are finding their groove at the most important part of the year when it matters most. Yeah, and I think for the Buccaneers, you could see, especially early on, they did their homework about how to attack this Niners defense. Yeah. And, I mean, it was working – the Niners have so much talent, it's going to be difficult almost no matter what you try to do. Mm-hmm. But you could tell they found the one area where it feels like maybe there's a little bit of a hole in the Niners' defense, and it's won the screen game, but more generally speaking, just the quick passing game. Does that and get worse now, though, the Hufunga's out? Probably. Probably. That's, that's but, tough. I mean, that's what Tampa saw on tape against Jacksonville. Jacksonville scored just three points, but when they moved the ball, it was the quick passing game. Who hurt the Niners in the receiving game last week? It was Christian Kirk out of the slot. How many times did he catch a pass, maybe five yards on line of scrimmage, break yeah. one tackle, and, and get 12 yards? Like, that's what he did last week. It's what Tampa saw on tape. And now, again, Jacksonville only turned it into three points, but when you're picking through a defensive group like the Niners – you don't have a lot of weaknesses to, to, <laughs> to try to find, and they found one, and it's a big reason why they were able to move the ball at all. I mean, Rashad White, their starting running back, yeah, and he's certainly more of a receiving back than your normal you know, straightforward, just hand the ball off and, and run between the tackles. Think- Only nine carries, seven targets in the passing game, six catches. It was an emphasis very early for Tampa to move away from the normal handoff run game and kind of use the short passing game, the screen game as an extension of their run game. And I mean, they gained 287 total yards today, uh, over four per play, not great numbers by any stretch, but the reason why they moved the ball at all, Sterling, for the most part, besides a couple of shot plays down the field was the quick passing game. And that continues to be maybe the Niners defense only major weakness. Yeah, and coming into this game, the Buccaneers had two primary targets. It's you want Mike Evans deep, you got him, and you want to check down to Rashad White. And I believe the broadcast said today Rashad White came in with the second most receiving yards for running backs this behind year behind McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, right? Yep. So it's not as if the way they utilize him is a surprise or a shock. It, the, the Niners, Niners knew, knew this was coming. Exactly. Yeah. And I think they defended it pretty well. Now, we'll of course get how many missed tackles they had, only seven last week. Hoping it was around five to six this week. Keep moving those numbers down towards zero if you can. Um, But I do think that the Niners defense, you want to say swarm? I just think they played a really good game where the Bucs really couldn't get much going offensively. When they did, it was either sparked by a massive punt return or just one drive where you said, you got us, you beat us, whatever. Uh, Of course, there are certain things to clean up, but I think overall you leave this game, sure, Losing Hufunga stinks. You're always going to feel that way when you lose one of your best defensive players who can spark you and get takeaways and turnovers on almost any single play. He's a great tackler in the box. When you talk about quick passing game, 
you name me five safeties better than him coming up in the box and laying some yep. wood on a receiver. It's not going to happen. He's one of the best for a reason, and you hope someone can fill those shoes. Maybe it's Shire Brown. Maybe it's Odom. Whoever it is, but San Francisco leaves this game, really the last two games, feeling really good about their defense, which knowing who you have to play in the next three weeks um, might be the best they felt all year long. Yeah, we'll hear from Kyle Shanahan about Hufunga and, and more. He's, he's talked about Brock Purdy. He had a hell of a game. We'll hear from Kyle Shanahan on that and more. But first, let's go to the phones here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. Up first is Tom. Tom is leaving Levi Stadium as we speak. Tom, what's up? You're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. What uh, what what'd you like from the Niners today in this 27-14 win, Tom? Well, pretty straightforward. I think uh, Brock Purdy's performance was epic. Um, he was dialed in. I, I got season tickets, and I just thought he was just so crisp all game and super impressed by his performance. But I did want to just say – I thought you guys were being a little salty on Jair Brown because he did make that. He missed that play, but he came back, did the big pass breakup in the end zone, and he got the pick. We were missing picks all game. Hmm. Warner missed a pick. Lenore missed a pick. I mean, come on, guys. Ward missed a pick. Like, he caught the ball. It was, it's a big game today. So, Yeah. No, I'm with you, Tom. Uh, Greenlaw dropped an easy interception in the first half. That was probably the easiest of the bunch. Probably could have had two today had he just been paying attention on, on the last one. But <laughs> on the Jair Brown one, my The you. last one was so <laughs> hilarious. So it's it's the end of the game, and it was the Jair Brown interception, which essentially iced the game. And Baker Mayfield, I forget who he was targeting. Was it Godwin? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> Greenlaw's there in coverage, and he's trying to time – Hitting hitting the receiver yes. as the ball gets there. So as a result, not even really paying attention to the flight of the ball. He had the hit stick lined up to <laughs> annihilate the receiver. He's about to hit him, and the ball bounces off Doink. the forehead of his of his helmet and bounces high into the air and into the it's end like, zone. Take your eyes to the left a little bit, and Jair, you get the pick. Jair Brown waiting for it and comes up with the interception. And, and to Tom's point, the caller, he's right. I mean, he's yep. in the right place, right time. Didn't drop it. We've seen some Niners DBs drop easy interceptions like that. Uh, so Tom is right. Very good point. Uh, but that was that was one of the funnier moments yeah. of the entire game. Because Greenlaw, it, it's almost like the perfect Dre Greenlaw play because yeah. he is always so intent and so focused on laying the lumber oh, yeah. on a would-be receiver or a running back or whoever. And it just took – it's like like a, a dog who sees a tennis ball or, you know, the, the – Squirrel! The, the, yeah. <laughs> dug and up. The dog dug and up. Which, squirrel! And loses all of his attention. At Dre Greenlaw, when he sees someone to potentially lay out, that's how the mode that he gets in. And it's part of the reason why he's an effective linebacker because he's able to, to make big plays like that. But in this particular moment, it resulted in one of the funnier plays of the year, the ball bouncing right off of his helmet, and he ultimately ass- assists on interception. Does he get a pass deflection for that? I think he does. <laughs> Him doing nothing he at all. Uses big head. The pass deflection. Uses big head. That, that play, honestly, may have been the bread and butter of the San Francisco 49ers defense. Nick Bosa gets pressure. Chase Young gets pressure. They force oh, Mayfield up in the pocket. They were so close to combining on a sack again. Then, when your two elite star edge rushers get pressure, your star linebacker, who just sees red, <laughs> whenever he sees a, a receiver running in space, about to get the ball, not paying attention, he just doinks off the helmet right into a rookie safety who you're like, 
We'll take it. <laughs> if that equals the game being over in a win, we will take that every single day. But it does feel like that the Niners having their two-star edge rushers, Greenlaw just really not paying attention at all, then the safety cleaning things up on behind him. It just felt like that play almost encompassed what the Niners' defense should be. Hard-hitting, pressure, and a little bit of luck. And so far through, what, 9, 10 games this year, it's helped them a lot. What are they? 7-3 and three on the year. And right there... Almost one game behind the Lions for the number two seed. Uh, Lions should have lost today, too. Well, I say you, darn you, the Chicago Bears. Up by 12 with what, like five minutes left? Bang! And they give up two touchdowns. Bang! They suck. They're so bad. How how were they even in position to win that well, game? Well, because Goff threw three picks. That was the issue. Yeah. But you know who's not throwing three picks? Brock Purdy. You want to know why? Not even throwing one pick. He's literally perfect. Today he was. He was incredible. Well, to me, he's always perfect. <laughs> yeah, we know that. You don't need to say it, okay? It's obvious. Uh, all right, let's hear from Kyle Shanahan. Again, the bad news for the Niners coming out of this win is a, a potential major injury to starting safety Talanoa Hufanga. Here is the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, on his safety. Real concern. I mean, we don't know for sure. I mean, most likely it's ACL, but um, can't confirm it, so uh, we'll find out later. Yeah, more tests coming tomorrow on Hufunga. We'll likely have word either good or bad there on Hufunga's knee. Uh, it was one of those quick throws out to Rashad White in the right flat. Rashad White, a shifty second-year running back out of Arizona State, kind of broke Hufunga's ankle. I shouldn't say that. I mean, he did get hurt oh. on the play. He juked him, and as a result, it, it resulted in uh, uh, <laughs> a, non a, a non-contact yes. injury for Talanoa Hufunga. A bad break there for the 49ers. Shanahan was also asked about Hufunga's replacement, Jair Brown, and, and here's what the Niners head coach thought about his rookie. I thought he did a hell of a job. I mean, to lose a player like Huff in the game and for him to come in and step it up big, uh, make two huge plays. I mean, the pick was huge. And then on the fourth down, you know, where you got an all-out blitz and they just throw it up. And sometimes your biggest fear when they throw it up, it's like what happened to Buffalo um, on that Monday night when it's underthrown. It's so hard not to get a P.I. And for him to not P.I. the guy and to get back. And from what I saw, it looked like he knocked it down. Uh, that was a hell of a play. Shanahan's right. I mean, what's becoming one of the more lethal offensive plays is an underthrown deep ball. Yeah. Because of how often you have the, the receiver slowing down because he needs to catch an underthrown ball. The DB who's just busting his tail to try to keep up with the wide receiver, suddenly the wide receiver puts on the brakes. The DB can't react in time, tries to get his head around, but even if he does, he's running into the receiver and gets called for a DPI. So the fact that Jaya Brown was able to avoid that DPI, now maybe you're a Bucks fan who, who thinks that should have been a DPI. I'm not going to argue with you there. It probably, get over it. It probably, probably could have <laughs> got called either way. We've seen it called both ways. Um, but the fact that he got away with it, didn't yeah. get called for a DPI, I mean, Shannon Hansard deserves credit for that. It was it was a big moment by the rookie. Had that been called a DPI, I would have said, yeah, it makes sense. Okay, it's been called that way all year long in the past couple of years as well. That being said, he kind of got his head around. He was yeah. that. He had the peripherals to say, okay, I have to turn my head around to make sure I don't get called for this. And again, when you're guarding one of the tallest and most accomplished receivers the past 15 years in the entire league, you have to give him credit for that. You're, Mike Evans is having a phenomenal year for the Bucks. had one of the best careers of the past decade-plus in football. And when you can, on a fourth-and-five play, fourth-and-three play, I don't want to say lock him down, but play great defense to, to stop what maybe could have been either a DPI or a touchdown and got this game to a one-score game, uh, Jair, Brown, or Jair Brown excuse me, deserves a ton of credit for what he did today. Yeah, I mean, so let's... 
figure out this situation. If you're the bucket from from the Buccaneers' perspective, right? So it's fourth and four. Yeah. Near the near the end zone. It's not quite fourth and goal, but just about. Game on the line. The Bucks know the Niners have some young, unproven corners and safeties out there. But you already caught flat footed once. So what's your ideal matchup? It's your potential future Hall of Famer, your yeah. all pro stud wide receiver Mike Evans against pick your poison. Right. Like it doesn't really matter who it is matching up with him. And they got him on the rookie Jair Brown playing what? Like his tenth ever meaningful snap in the NFL. And if you're the Bucks, you're thinking, all right, like we found the right matchup. Uh, but Jair Brown was with him step for step, and as you mentioned, got his head around and was able to force it in completion. Um, so the Bucks, credit them. I mean, they found the right matchup. They went to the right place. If you're the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you feel great about that matchup. Mike Evans on Jair Brown. The Niners had Ambry Thomas in support. Third-year corner who's kind of been in and out of favor in his young career. Had a very big play his rookie season to help the Niners go to the playoffs, but hasn't really played consistently since then until beginning just last week against Jacksonville. So if you're Tampa Bay, you got the matchup that you wanted, Sterling, but the Niners' young defensive secondary led by Jair Brown got the stop. So you're right. Whether there's a mistake here or there that, that we need to point out and discuss – when it mattered the most, they got the stop. And maybe we'll see more of that as the season goes along. Uh, but but the returns from those moments were in the red zone. The biggest moments of the game were, were very positive for the young guy. And it's not like San Francisco didn't draft him with the idea he wasn't going to eventually replace Tajon Gibson. The hope is next year it's Hufunga and Brown playing starting safety for you. And that process has been sped up. But you do feel as if San Francisco has at least some belief that whether it was, again, next year, now it has to be this year, that Jair Brown was going to be a starter for this defense, obviously coming from the Big Ten with Penn State, playing a handful of big games, being a takeaway machine for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, It's not as if he hasn't seen or played big games before. He's been in a handful of big moments, and again, the Niners trusted him, or eventually were going to trust him to be this team's starting free safety across from Hufunga. Now he's someone sliding in into Hufunga's spot to prove he can be that next year. And when the spotlight gets bright, take your moment and run with it, and today he certainly did. Yeah, here's more Kyle Shanahan on his rookie safety, Jair Brown, asked about what he's seen from Jair Brown in practice because we haven't really seen him on the field a lot recently we saw him often, of course, in the preseason, but haven't seen him in meaningful snaps since then. Here's Kyle Shanahan asked about his rookie and what he's seen from him in practice. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, I mean, I notice him all the time because, one, he goes against the offensive scout team all the, all the time, um, and he's one of the guys who consistently gets better each week on all the card looks. And we always split the reps um, with the ones and the twos anyways when the defense goes, and he's really taken off here in this last month. and was ready for his opportunity. You never know when it's going to come, and he's been preparing the right way. He's taken off in the last month. Well, that must mean it's coming at the right time to start. If you're starting to pick up your play, and I think when I think of Jair Brown, I was there the day McLeod, I think, broke his wrist in practice. Do you know who got that pick? Jair Brown. Hmm. 
Now, I'm not saying that because McLeod's injury, but I'm saying is that even in practices against your Darnolds and your Purdy's, Jair Brown in his small spurts of play was getting takeaways. He was making plays. And sure, a young player, you are going to see be flat-footed at times. You're going to see them maybe a little uncertain of, hey, what do I do? The hope is that come Thursday, if he is indeed starting or even playing much, that he is prepared, that he's had a week to have starting reps next to Gibson or Odom, whoever it is, with this defense, talking to Fred Warner, even talking to Funga, hey, what or how do you do what you do so well? What can I learn from you? And you even hear him in his press conferences during training camp and practices and whatnot, you hear him talk about how the impact being next to Gibson and being next to Funga have done for him mentally. I do think that if there is a draft pick this year to step up, we've already seen Jake Moody. We're not going to see Cam Law too. Uh, Daryl Luter Jr. is healthy again, but didn't play in this game. Ironically, in a time where they needed a cornerback, wasn't out there. Uh, Jair Brown might be the star draft pick if he can take this role and run with it. And at, and we've seen today, why couldn't it be him? Yeah, I mean, it seems like at least, and we were talking both off-air and on-air about this, is he going to have the first opportunity? Uh, because there's some other options the Niners could turn to back there. It seems like... Dante Johnson. <laughs> based on everything, <laughs> the 14... He's the Niner that just won't go away. Yeah, never go away. Was it, like eight stints with the 49ers? He's like the... It's like Josh Johnson. He, I was going to say, he's the defensive <laughs> back version of Josh Johnson. He is just always... He's omnipresent. He's always there he's for the 49ers when they need him. Um, it seems like, based on everything that we have heard from Kyle Shanahan and, and, and based on the decision to even put him in in the first place when Hufango went down, he is going to get the opportunity to start and potentially earn the starting job. Yeah. Now, if, if he plays poorly, there could be a change there, but it seems like he's going to be the guy the Niners turn to first. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines here on overtime on 95-7 the game. Up next is Mitch in New Jersey. We love Mitch's calls uh, every week here on overtime, 888-957-9570. Mitch, you're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. What would you think of that Niners win today, Mitch? Great game. Happy holiday, guys. Yeah, you too, Mitch. Well, I got it. Well, like I say, I think we got one of the best lines, great front seven. So we got four or five sacks. And I hope this guy's signed. I think he is. Ayuk, this guy's a superstar. He's your best receiver, Debo. I think he's not 100%. But Ayuk is he's one of your best receivers. Excuse me. And what are you thinking? Um, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, of course. Of course, Mitch. Thanks for calling. Um, we got to talk about Ayuk. We got a few minutes left in this segment. We'll get to him <laughs> on the other side. But we could start here. Ayuk's separation on every single one of his catches, it's incredible. Yeah. He consistently has like three, four, five-yard pillows of space (laughs) when he catches the passes. And Purdy is putting him on the money. And again, we talked about earlier, putting them, uh, leading him perfectly and allowing him to turn up field and run with the ball in his hands after the catch. But part of the reason why it's happening so often is because he is wide open consistently. Over the middle part of the field, there's generally no one within like five yards of the dude. It feels as if he has five yards of separation, and he is the NFL's leading receiver in yards uh, in separation per reception. He is the best separator in football. Wide open. It's not like he's going against scrubs or poor defenses. He's beating, again, cornerbacks and safeties that have won Super Bowls, that were starting cornerbacks in Super Bowls that, that that weren't the weakest link of that team that were the strength of that defense and 
in this game, it felt like that no matter where he starts, Purdy's going to have that ball exactly where he finishes the route at. Uh, the anticipation and the chemistry these guys have, I don't want to say he's the best in football, but it's certainly up there. It feels like every single week we're seeing Purdy, the ball release out of his hand before Ayuk is even open. Yep. He'll be covered by a receiver or a linebacker, and all of a sudden he's out there five, six yards, open streaking across the field for a first down on a crosser or a slant. It feels like every level throw they make where it's Kittle, Ayuk behind him, Ayuk is open every single play. Opens the offense up for Debo underneath, then Kittle on post routes. And of course, because he's so good, he'll catch a 76-yard touchdown pass, break someone's ankles and say, I don't know what to do. I just scored the longest touchdown of the entire year. He's that good. We're talking the best what receiver number two in football, arguably. Probably the best number receiver number two. Oh, the best number the two best. receiver. I see, I see. I thought you were going to say the second best wide no, receiver. No, 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 no. The best wide receiver, too. No, the best wide receiver, number two. We have T. Is he wide receiver number two? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think we saw the, the way Debo and him are used are so different, but I do think we saw in the absence of Debo why Debo's still number one. If you're characterizing it by like most important yes. player that plays wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Ayuk is a more prototypical wide receiver, of course, than Debo Samuel. He's a much better route runner. Oh, by but, far. But Debo, yeah, I mean, he might Don't be. tell Debo that, but by far, yes. <laughs> I think I think Debo would probably, if he probably I don't think Debo would concede anything. He's like, I'm the fastest, <laughs> the strongest, the best route runner. I'm just that good all the way around. But, yes, Ayuk by far, I think, is he's the best separator in football. And what he does for the offense to free up your Kittles, your Debo's, Knowing you're always going to have at least one receiver wide open every single play, basically, that just it almost gives Brock Purdy a second security blanket behind the best checkdown running back in the entire league. Well, it's what Jamar Chase when he was upset early in the season, saying that I'm I'm seven eleven, I'm always open, yeah. right? <laughs> and he even tweeted out a picture of seven eleven. I think after one of their losses, or maybe after their win when they dominated and he went for like two hundred yards, a picture of seven eleven because he's always open. Brandon Ayuk. Always open, and Brock Purdy always finds him. And today, uh, they they hooked up a number of times. Six targets for Ayuk, five catches, 156 yards, and a touchdown. It was that 76-yard touchdown. Kittle was close to his third consecutive 100-yard game. He had eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown as well. Debo Samuel, who we were just talking about, three for 63, including a 40-yard catch and run. Debo only had one carry in this game. We can talk about Debo Samuel's touches because I think that's really interesting moving forward as well for the 49ers. But it was Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk, the stars in the passing game today. Purdy, just about perfect, 333 yards, three touchdowns, did not turn the ball over. And again, Ayuk, over 150 yards in the win today for the 49ers. All right, time for a break here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. The phone lines are back open uh, give us a call, 888-957-9570. We want to hear from you. Are you on your way home from Levi's? What was the environment like? That 76-yard touchdown to Ayuk. What was the reaction from the crowd? We want to hear from you. The Niners, they knock off Tampa Bay. Final score, 27-14. to We're halfway home on overtime. A lot more coming up as we continue right here on 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Second and goal. Purdy out of the shotgun. They look to throw it. Back of the end zone. Kittle's wide open. Touchdown 49ers. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Joe Davis on Fox calling George Kittle's touchdown catch, a three-yard throw from Brock Purdy late in the third quarter. That made it 27-7. The Niners would not score the rest of the way, but they did not need to as they ultimately come out with a win over Tampa Bay, 27-14. The final score, that was Brock Purdy's third touchdown pass of the game. 21 for 25, 333 yards and three touchdowns, including a 76-yard bomb down the left sideline early in the third quarter to Brandon Ayuk, who ran past his defender, made another one miss, and then could have walked into the end zone if he so choose. Didn't just make a miss. Broke his ankles. Yeah, he Jamel Dean, Jamel right, Dean. who left the game earlier in the that. game, then came back and got re-injured for that, on that to play. Sucks. Unfortunately, a couple of players got hurt. Yeah, a lot of them actually. Yeah, uh, trying to make tackles on some shifty ball carriers, and it looks like they could be a couple of serious ones. Yeah. The other one we're talking about, of course, is Talanoa Hufanga, who, if you're just joining us, the Niners. At least the preliminary news is not good. Kyle Shanahan saying the Niners are fearing a torn ACL. More tests tomorrow that will give us the final word, whether it is a torn ACL or not. Of course, if it is a torn ACL, that will be season-ending 
for Talanoa Hufanga, but plenty of good news for the 49ers in this one. 27-14, the final score. Brock Purdy, a perfect passer rating. Ayuk, 156 receiving yards. George Kittle was 11 yards shy of his third consecutive 100-yard receiving game. Did you hear them play the Stone Cold Glass Shatter music when he got the first down? I did not. And I was like, if you're going to play it for anybody, it's George Kittle. It's got to like, be George he just, Kittle. Like, he earns that. No one else He's gets been at that. WrestleMania this past year. If you're going to play Stone Cold's music, it better be for George Kittle. And it was. Yeah. Matters don't miss on those sorts of no. things. Never miss today, especially. No. Yeah, not today. Well, Brock Purdy uh, didn't miss. You're right. And well, Brock, missed four times, I guess, but it did not affect his passer rating because <laughs> he still close. had a perfect passer rating. And he was asked how that feels. You end the game against a quality defense with legitimately a perfect passer rating. It could not have been any higher. Hey, Brock, how does that feel? Yeah, I mean, what an honor. Um, yeah, what an honor. But yeah, you know, I mean, at the same time, I feel like you know, yeah, there's still some plays and stuff that you know I wish I had back. So I'm not completely content with just that, but. Um, thought it was a great game with you know the guys around me, the the coaching and the the play calling, all of it. So um, that's a testament to the team, really. So it's a classic Brock Purdy response. Oh, what an honor! Yeah, what an honor. There's still some things and stuff out there I need to get better at. Brock Purdy will literally win a Super Bowl and said, "I got some plays out there still." It's like Brock, no one cares, man. You're holding the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> like no, like, t- today you can say maybe the red zone offense has struggled. It's like 29th in football the past five weeks. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, I-, I think they were around 40% the past three weeks coming into this game. weren't perfect in the red zone, but when you put up 27 points, had the game been called maybe a little differently down the you know, down toward the end of the game. Maybe you score 34 or get 30 in there. I don't think anybody is complaining saying Brock Purdy wasn't literally perfect today. And Brock's like, I could be better. What does that tell you? It tells me that while, yes, perfection was reached today, whether it's a win or by stats, perfection's not even good enough for Brock Purdy. And if it's not good enough for him, what does that tell you? What does that tell me? What does it tell us? He has a one-track mind mark, and that is holding a Lombardi trophy, and that's the only thing that's going to satisfy him. only thing that satisfies him is getting back out to Iowa and oh, getting to the cornfields, corn. you know? <laughs> magic cornfields, Iowa. I mean, it, it healed him, right? You could say he's been brought back better than what he was before. Seven turnovers through a three-game stretch. He goes out to the magical cornfields in the state the of corn. Iowa. It's like and a what Lazarus does he do? pit in Batman. <laughs> what has he do since then? Tell me. Been incredible, like literally Been perfect. perfect. Well, I mean, what were I can bring up his stats from the game against Jacksonville. Got to give me a second here to bring him up uh, against Jacksonville. Nineteen for twenty-six, two hundred and ninety-six yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. How about I give you the combined stats? Yeah, do it. Forty for fifty-one, seventy-eight point four percent completion percentage, thirty-one point five passing yards per game, six total touchdowns. 12.3 yards an attempt, and, of course, today, a perfect passer rating. Six touchdowns, no turnovers in two games. And I believe he had three against the Jaguars and three this week. Yep. Every one of those has been to a different receiver. Three different receivers against Jacksonville and three different today against the Bucks. Wait, so the six total. He has two to Kittle. So so five receivers for six touchdowns. Yeah, but in each game, oh, I see. there's three different receivers. Five total receivers though, right? No, four. Because Ayuk also has two, Kittle has two. McCaffrey. McCaffrey and 
Use check. Yeah. The use check one always gets me. Little the, juice. That's <laughs> that play to get McCaffrey the touchdown on the first score of the game. Yeah. I don't know if you caught it, but McCaffrey, I think he lined up on the left hip of Purdy, and then they sent him out in motion. Not not up to the line of scrimmage. He just kind of ran out to the left. Still the same depth, so he's like a, the same depth as Purdy. Yeah. But he's he's well out to the left, kind of in the slot, but lined up behind where a slot would line up. Okay. And then as as they're getting ready to snap the ball, he starts running back <laughs> towards Purdy. <laughs> Again, from that same depth, like the shotgun depth, but from the side on the left side of Brock Purdy. And as the snap comes, he's he's running back towards Purdy, and he cuts through the line of scrimmage. And there's no one there following him, and it's an easy completion and a walk-in touchdown. I'm not sure I've seen that sort of pre-snap motion from the 49ers before. I haven't. Where, where McCaffrey has that sort of depth when he lines up, and then he, he comes across in that, that left-to-right motion, uh, and it obviously confused the Buccaneers' defense, and it, it led to a wide-open touchdown. It was maybe the easiest throw of the day for Brock Purdy. Um, but we're we're continuing to see the 49ers be creative with the ways in which they use McCaffrey, and there's no better player in the NFL to do that with than him. The fact that every single week, maybe every other week, we see a new wrinkle where it's like it's, it felt like the offense had reached perfection against the Cowboys or yeah. all the wrinkles were thrown out there, and we saw it all. It was like, okay, like that's the Niners' offense. That's the peak it's going to be. And while, yes, 42 points is the highest they've scored all year, it feels like Shanahan just has this unlimited, like, playbook of all these motions this and wrinkles. And form. Like, he is having himself just – I'm just imagining him sitting at the desk being like, I'm just – oh, my goodness. Like, watch this, watch this. This licking his lips with the pen going crazy. Like, when when his wife comes in and says, Kyle, dinner, he's like, get out of here. I'm making a new play, a new wrinkle. Get out of here. Move. <laughs> like, you're – McCaffrey going to be in the slot, behind the slot, to the right, to the left, do this, whatever. It feels like he's like a mad genius where he's pulling his hair out, but it's working all the time. So it's like, are we seeing the gray hair go away from Kyle? <laughs> he's going to get younger because he has McCaffrey now on the offense and no Jimmy G and whatnot. feels like Purdy's making his life, amongst many other players on this offense, so much easier. Whether it's deep throws or just simple crossers, he has almost limitless projections of what this offense can be. Well, I guess on one hand, it makes his life easier having all that talent and all the options, but it also maybe challenges him a little bit because there's He's so like many... man then? <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Well, I mean, there's so <laughs> many different possibilities and and things that you can try, right? Like, yeah. if he didn't have McCaffrey, he just was running with Elijah Mitchell, and maybe he didn't That's... have Debo Samuel or... or like, okay, you got to run things a little bit more straight up. You can't try all these special, interesting, fun, new, creative plays Like, because your talent doesn't quite meet, you know, the creativity. Like, when you have these weapons, obviously it's nice, and it's a fantastic problem to have, but I almost feel like it's a little more challenging as a coach, as an offensive play caller and play designer like Shanahan, because you have so many more possibilities in the first place. Like... You're right. I mean, it's like he's there's so many things in my brain. Like I can't even like get them all out onto the paper. There's so many things to choose from. Striving to unravel all of the possibilities exactly. for this Niners offense is more stressful than a limited quarterback exactly. and no Christian McCaffrey. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, again, it's a good problem to have, but it almost it it makes more things work which is a challenge for the quarterback or for the head coach because you have to figure out what things work the best. But when you have this group of offensive weapons, yeah, 
it may be a little bit more difficult to find out what works the best because you have so many more options than almost any other offense in the entire league. When it helps that your quarterback has a 157.3 passer rating over the last two games. In fact, the highest ever, and I mean ever, ever. since the QB stat was tracked in 1950. That's pretty good. So the past two games, Brock Purdy has the greatest two-game stretch of play when, in, in regards to passer rating literally of all time. Again, Mark, do you want to put your name next to uh, the bandwagon that is Brock Purdy's elite? He His last two games <laughs> have been elite. Incredibly elite. Yes. Like, literally, you yeah. could not have asked him to be any better. Well, not according to him, but yes. Yeah, he thinks that. What, yeah. what, is his, what does his head coach think? Here's Kyle Shanahan on his young quarterback, Brock Purdy, and his game today against Tampa Bay. Again, Purdy today, 21 for 25, 333 through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Here's Shanahan on Brock. I thought he played real well. Uh, there was very few that he missed. Um, protected the ball extremely well. When there wasn't anything there, we didn't have any intentional groundings and um, did a good job moving the chains also, especially at the end there on that keeper. And I thought he had a hell of a game. That's the thing, I think, with quarterback play that I think sometimes can get ignored or you can gloss over. It's one thing to hit the big plays. It's one thing to make the throws and lead your wide receiver correctly. It's one thing to to read and you know, throw to the right receiver, whether you have a couple of guys open, what's the better option? It's one thing to lead Juwan Jennings out of the break on a big third down like he did against Jacksonville where he throws the ball before Jennings even has his head around coming out of the break. Those are all good things, and I think those generally get the publicity excuse me, that they deserve. But another thing, and it's what Kyle Shanahan talked about, it's what you do when you don't have anything, when you don't have the completion to make, when everything is covered up, when it's better to take off and run and get a few yards with your legs. And think back to the Bengals game when he threw that red zone interception when the Niners were trying to fight back from down a couple of scores in the fourth quarter. When there was a legal man downfield and he tried to throw it anyway and it got intercepted, it would have been better to just tuck it and run or get out of bounds and just lose a couple of yards. You live to fight another down. That was a mistake he made there. But the last two games, Sterling, not only are we seeing Brock Purdy make all the right throws and lead Brandon Ayuk for a big gain, but when there isn't anything, he's not forcing it and he's making the right decisions, whether it is to take off and run for a first down or just to throw the ball away out of the back of the end zone. Even the the incompletions, the, the plays where you got nothing or not much, he's still making the right decisions in those moments. And it's almost as if Kyle Shanahan in previous years would have been reluctant to come out of the gates firing the football, passing it left and right, trying to find guys open for massive gains. But this year with Brock Purdy and even last year to a certain degree, even more so this year now, I'm no longer surprised when Kyle Shanahan is just letting Brock Purdy let the thing rip. It's like, yeah, this makes sense. He's a weapon. He's playing so well. And in fact, in this game, I believe, it took until the 9 minute and 58 uh, second mark for McCaffrey to get his first touch of the game. That's the longest it's mm. taken all year long. And the Bucks That's had a drive to begin, or, or, or close to begin. Like, the Niners came out the gate saying, Purdy, be the guy. Lead the offense. We'll wait four minutes, three minutes, to even let CMC touch the football. Like, they're openly, admittingly telling the NFL, we believe in our quarterback for obvious reasons. 
And Purdy's answering the call saying, I'll just play perfect. If you want me to go out there and give you three touchdowns, I'll do it. You want me to go out there and get you a perfect quarterback rating, I'll do it. Anything you need me to do on the good side of things, I can do it better than good. I'll do it great. Yes, there are some throws you might miss here or there. There's a three-game stretch you might say. Don't love that. But he's bounced back literally perfectly. Talk about, you have a three-game stretch where you got the world coming down and you're saying, what about Sam Darnold? You have certain people calling for backup quarterbacks. You have media members asking, hey, Kyle, did you ever think about benching Brock Purdy? Now, me and you know that's an asinine question to ask, but there are certain people having those questions for whatever reason they might be. <laughs> that being said, Brock Purdy says all the questions you might have, all the reluctancy you might feel towards me, I'm going to go to the cornfields off the bye week, come back, get my juju back, and we're going to rock this thing, hold defenses to 17 total points, get nine total sacks, six total takeaways, and we're going to put up in the next two games, what was it, 34 last week, 27 today, 51, 61 total points in two weeks? Come on. Like This offense is rolling on all cylinders, and there's still levels to go, knowing that in the past two games, the offensive starters didn't play the final fourth quarter or whatnot. In this last, what, six minutes was basically run, 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 run. There are more points left on the board still. Purdy's playing great in between those spurts of Darnold, take reps. Don't worry about it. CMC ice the game. Like There's still levels to go here, and he's already playing perfect. Yeah, they didn't score in the fourth quarter. No, which is insane to think about. And they put up 27 points. <laughs> and they settled for a couple of field goals when they got within scoring range. Yeah. This, I mean... This has maybe been the one consistent about the Niners' offense all season is they have still, at points, left points on the field. Which might be a, a negative thing, actually. No, it is. Yeah, I mean, right. now a lot of times, I mean, in their seven wins, I mean, most of them have been relatively easy. Like, you haven't really been that worried about outcomes. This one was a little close and a little worrisome towards the end. So a lot of it, I think you can kind of just kind of brush off, like, against the the Cowboys. Oh, they yeah. could have put up 50 instead of whatever, 42 or however many points they scored yeah, in that 42. game. Like you can forget about those cuz the game was over by the time the third quarter came around. <laughs> but that has been maybe the one thing about the offense is that the red zone, you've been a little bit inefficient at least compared to how you're moving the ball the entire rest of the field. If this is an offense that eventually gets to the point where they are as efficient in the red zone as they are outside of the red zone, they're going to be scoring 35 points every single game because that's how talented that this offense is. And, and to your point, talking about Brock Purdy and rewinding a couple of weeks ago, even just 10 days ago before the game against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, the conversation about Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy needing a big game to kind of reassert himself as the quarterback of the future for the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan was asked about Brock Purdy's consistency after the game today, and, and here's what he said. I think Brock's been great because he's been consistent through it all. I mean, we never felt anything different with Brock during those three losses. You know, I think he's pretty realistic, so he doesn't get into stuff that's not that accurate. And, and that's, I think, where Brock Purdy is a little bit discussed, treated unfairly. It's all the turnovers that he had in that three-game stretch and the fact that they were losses, it overshadows so many great plays and great throws. And – the use of his legs against the Bengals. Yeah. My goodness. This dude, despite the turnovers, and I, again, I know you can't just forget about the turnovers, but this guy was still playing the football that he's playing now, Sterling, which we've talked about for a lot of this show, 
perfect. The last two weeks, over 600 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers, period, the last two weeks. For the most part, he was playing that same football during the three-game losing streak. It just got marred by a bad decision here, a bad decision there, and those turnovers. They happen. We get it. And, yes, he was a big reason why they had that three-game losing streak because the turnovers came at bad moments. But but during that three-game losing streak, he still was largely playing really good football. It's just now the turnovers aren't mixed in anymore, and that's why he's playing perfect. He was still really good during that stretch, and Shanahan, of course, recognizes it. I'm sure Brock Purdy recognizes it but knows that he can be better but I think that's where us talking heads, everyone else on Twitter talking about Brock Purdy, tend to overlook everything else that happened during that losing streak. Yeah, it's often forgotten exactly how good he was minus a play or two in each game. The Browns game, sure, that one pick bad. Next drive, what they do? Go down the field. Had a game. He set him up to win up the game. To win, and Jake Moody a, misses a it. Right. Very makeable field goal. And, and so you point to it, and you go, "Well, they lost. It's on the quarterback." Not how it works, but I mean, and even if it is, okay, so what? The Vikings game, sure. Two picks back to back. Bengals game, sure. Two picks back to back again. There are many plays you can point to, and even two games this year, you say Brock Purdy lost those two games. I can guarantee you, Brock Purdy has won this team more games than he's lost in his entire career. And I can guarantee you one other thing, Mark. Come playoff time, you know what's not going to happen? Oh, I, I, I don't trust the quarterback anymore. McCaffrey, carry it 45 times for me. It's not going to be this gun-shy offense anymore. And, and we've seen it, whether it's today against the Bucks or against Jacksonville or the, or the Cowboys. Even on Purdy's worst day, the one thing he's not going to be is unplayable. And other than that, he's going to be consistent. He's going to at least keep you in the game. Yes, he'll make a mistake. Mind you, he's just now played over one complete season of football. 18th start today. Like, come on, (laughs) including playoffs. It's not as if Brock Purdy is a seasoned vet. He's just playing like one. In fact, he's playing better than most of them this year. And I think right now, don't talk about best quarterbacks in the league. Forget the elite conversation. If I asked you which quarterbacks in the NFL you trust the most, I guarantee you he's either number one or number two on that list right now. Mm. Why wouldn't he be? You like, is co- it Mahomes is number one? I would assume so. Why wouldn't he be? He's won the MVP, two rings. I get that. But if there's a quarterback you trust the most in football, Brock Purdy has to at least be top five. I trust him more than Tua, who played awful against the Raiders today. I trust him more than Geno Smith, because obviously Matthew Stafford <laughs> this year, of course. I trust him more than Jared Goff. I know Purdy's not going to throw three picks against the Bears. And Jared Goff's having a great year. But I trust Brock Purdy over him. It's not about who's better or who's elite or whatnot or, 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 or ranking them. It's just about who do you trust. I guarantee you, if you ask Kyle Shanahan, name the quarterback he trusts the most, it's going to be probably Mahomes in, in the NFL and then Brock Purdy right now. You're, you might be right. That's certainly a different conversation than best quarterback in the league or, or whatever. And I, I think it's Purdy is higher up on that list, you're right, than some of these other conversations. What I think I can guarantee to you is Brock Purdy by far, by far, is the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan trusts more than any other he's had as a 49er. By far. Would you even go as far knowing his EPA number that he might be more trusted than... 
MVP Matt Ryan? Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't think I would agree with that, but I do think Matt they Matt Ryan was incredible was that year. And to be fair, different offenses when it comes to play style. Mm-hmm. You were having Julio Jones run 65 yards downfield, and Stafford was hitting them. Now, we've seen more of that from Purdy recently the past two games, but I do think there is a conversation to be had that different play styles, different eras. Don't forget, Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan butted heads their first year together. Purdy and Shanahan are just like two converged pieces into one. They just see the game eye to eye. Who the hell is Brock Purdy to fire back at Shannon anyway. I mean, a true. A seventh round. But he's also someone who I can say, hey, you let Garoppolo leave, rightfully so, and you traded the guy that you banked on being the guy Yeah, out of here. So oh, yeah. he has a name, certainly, in the room. But I do think if you ask Kyle Shanahan, well, yes, of course, MVP Matt Ryan is an insane bar to reach, and Purdy's having a great year. I can almost guarantee you, whether it is I trust Brock Purdy more than MVP Matt Ryan – at least Shanahan says, oh, I got to think about that for a second. At least it's a conversation. Yes, yes. And it's way he trusts Brock Purdy way, way more than he ever trusted Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, yes. so everything you laid out, saying goodbye to Jimmy, trading Trey Lance, that alone tells you what they feel about Brock Purdy. And then, as we talked about, the, the unique touchdown to Christian McCaffrey, all the unique plays that this Niners offense is dialing up, and, and what he allows Brock Purdy to do, um, everything is telling you Kyle Shanahan believes in this guy 100%. He's in love, Mark. There is not a, a, a throw, a, a play, a, a design, a concept on Kyle Shanahan's laminated play sheet that he does not feel Kyle comfortable calling. Kyle laminated, you get in trouble. That he does not feel comfortable <laughs> calling for Brock Purdy. Yeah. Everything is on the table with Brock Purdy, and that has never been the case before Brock Purdy was the quarterback of the 49ers. Never. No. I mean, what was the complaint with Jimmy Garoppolo? One, okay, you have feelings about Garoppolo. Not a not a great Very quarterback. Very attractive man. <laughs> that too. Very jealous. But it was the offense. A little vanilla. Yeah. Be a little bit more aggressive, Kyle. Like We want to see you air the ball out and quit it with the screen and, and the quick pass game. Well, he wasn't doing that because he didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Garoppolo couldn't do that stuff. And what is he doing now? He's calling it because he trusts Brock Purdy. And it's not just that. It's He'll call the dink and dunk. He'll call the screen. Yeah, it still works. Why, why go away from it? There's a other element to this thing, and it's the element you need to take you over the top. Yep, 100%. I agree. Yeah, you. we can have conversations about Brock being a lead, and, and we could butt heads for a while, and I could say it's it's too early. You could say, well, the evidence is there, and you're probably right, What whatever, but Shanahan is in love with this dude, and he shows it week in and week out just based on the plays that he's calling for this guy. All right, we got a lot more to get into here on Overtime. One more hour to go. We've got more from Brock Purdy. George Kittle has talked to the media. We'll let you hear from him as well. And we want to hear from you. Are you on your way home from Levi's right now? Give us a call, 888-957-9570. We're keeping an eye on the Twitch and YouTube chats as well, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. One more hour to go on Overtime. It's Grandy and Sterling on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.